This episode is brought to you in part by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Good morning to you and welcome to CBS This Morning. It's Monday, July 19th, 2021. That's Anthony Mason. That's Vladimir Dudier. Tony's still on baby leap. I'm Gail King. Let's go. We're going to begin with this concerning the new trends with the coronavirus here and all around the world. It's breaking overnight. There are reports a female U.S. Olympic gymnast has tested positive. Her name has not been released. Now, this announcement follows news that tennis star Coco Gauff, oh no, has tested positive as well. She has now been forced to drop out of the game. Meanwhile, COVID cases are up in all 50 states. That hasn't happened since January. Just four states made up 40% of new cases last week. Nearly half of the new cases came from Florida alone. Nationwide, cases have nearly tripled in the past three weeks. In Arkansas, 12 out of every 100 people have tested positive. Our lead national correspondent, David Begno, is in Little Rock. David, it sounds like a pretty tough situation there. Anthony, it is. Good morning. We are inside one of the trauma bays here at the University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences. We have been given unprecedented access in order to tell you this story. There are 23 COVID beds in the hospital, but 56 COVID patients. In fact, seven of them came in overnight, and that's a lot to come in on one night. The average age of a COVID patient inside the hospital right now is 40 years old. I thought the vaccine was a hoax. 42-year-old Lamonte Boyd, a married father of three, says he didn't listen to the doctors or even his wife when she got the COVID vaccine and told him he should too. What did you think of COVID before you got sick, Mr. Boyd? I brushed it off. I thought it was a joke. There are gonna be a lot of people watching who don't wanna take the vaccine. What would you say to them? Well, I tell those who don't want to take the vaccines, you, 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 you playing Russian roulette with your lives. Boyd was diagnosed with COVID-19 nearly two weeks ago. He developed pneumonia in both of his lungs and still. Right now, as we talk, my wind is short. That's why, you know, I'm really gasping for air now. Arkansas has the third lowest full vaccination rate in the country. A little over one in three people here have gotten both of their shots. The state is now in its third surge, says Dr. Cam Patterson, who is chancellor at Arkansas's only academic medical center. To put it into perspective, our team is in the fourth quarter right now, or maybe even double overtime. This is not the first quarter for this team. They're tired. It's, It's tough. Dr. Patterson has stood alongside the governor many times over the last year, educating Arkansans about how effective the vaccines are. To those people who are still skeptical, he says this. Help me to understand who would convince you. If I haven't convinced you, help me to understand who would, and I will find that person and we will talk to you. I regret it, not getting the COVID vaccination. This 62-year-old woman did not want to give us her name, 
but she did want to speak for this story. It's hard to breathe, so I have to have oxygen. You can see it on me 24-7, and then there's occasions where I cough and I can't stop. What would you say to all those people who are spreading misinformation about the vaccine? It's a life or death sentence. It's not a joke. Consider this. Since January of this year, 98% of the COVID patients hospitalized here in the state of Arkansas were all unvaccinated. 98%. Think about that. Anthony, back to you. All right, David, thank you. That news of a U.S. Olympic gymnast testing positive comes after officials reported at least 10 new cases connected to the Games yesterday, including the first cases among athletes in the Olympic Village. At least one major star has already seen her hopes crushed. Lucy Kraft has more from Tokyo. The hopes of tennis star Coco Gauff were dashed Sunday after the 17-year-old sensation announced she had tested positive for COVID, ending her chances of competing in Japan this summer. At this time, unfortunately, we don't have much more information. The news apparently caught tennis officials by surprise. This comes on top of USA Basketball losing point guard Bradley Beal last week after he was placed in COVID health and safety protocols. As more Olympic teams descended on the Japanese capital over the weekend, two South African soccer players tested positive for COVID, the first cases of athlete infections at the Olympic Village. The South African Football Association said the whole team is now under quarantine, with their first match just three days away. They will only be allowed to compete if they test negative six hours before the match. While Olympics officials say there is zero chance the Games will end up triggering a super spreader event, many residents here aren't buying it. Two separate news polls over the weekend found an overwhelming majority of residents are skeptical that the Games can be held safely. Local opposition to the Games isn't the only challenge this week. Officials issued the first heat stroke alert for the city so far this year and encouraged athletes to drink more water to account for an Olympics that could end up being the hottest Games in decades. For CBS This Morning, Lucy Kraft, Tokyo. Now to California, where hundreds have been forced from their homes due to dangerous wildfires. One fire, the Tamarack Fire, southeast of Lake Tahoe, has already burned nearly 70 homes. It's being fueled by extremely dry conditions, and at last check, it remains 0% contained, and there's more danger ahead. The National Weather Service predicts dry thunderstorms along the West Coast in the coming days, which could start new fires. Nationwide, it is the worst start to a wildfire season in a decade. Extreme weather is also behind wrenching scenes of devastation in Europe on a scale we are only just beginning to understand. More than 180 people have been killed due to record amounts of rain, mostly in Germany. Chris Livesay is in the hard-hit Arvaya region. Chris, good morning to you. Good morning. This is one of the many bridges that could not withstand these crushing floods that have killed more than 100 people here in the Arvila region alone. Not something you expect in a country with such advanced infrastructure and warning systems. After days of swelling rivers, now swelling death tolls as bridges, 
homes, even swaths of villages vanished. No, not in a beleaguered developing nation, but across Europe's economic powerhouses, like in the tiny German town of Insul. Did you ever imagine something like this happening here in Germany? Well, I think uh, not of this magnitude, not of this size. I don't think anyone has imagined or could have imagined something like this. The devastation so shocking, German Chancellor Angela Merkel struggled to explain it. I can almost say that the German language doesn't have the words for the destruction, she said. Billions will be needed to rebuild in Germany alone. Some towns are likely gone for good, though both climate scientists and the German chancellor warn extreme weather events are bound to return. One flood isn't an example of climate change, said Merkel, but if we look at the last events of recent years, decades, then they are simply more frequent than they were previously. So we must make an effort, a great effort. Mother Nature rearing her head, but climate change pushing her hand. Now, to make matters worse, many of these communities had been hit hard by COVID. Hotels, restaurants that had long been closed were only just getting back up on their feet. Now, many of them are washed away. Anthony? Chris Livesay in Germany. Thank you, Chris. New this morning, the U.S. is joining with allies around the world to call out the Chinese government for a series of cyber intrusions. U.S. intelligence officials say they now have high confidence that Chinese hackers were responsible for an attack on Microsoft's email server software in March that affected tens of thousands of customers around the world. Chief White House correspondent Nancy Cordes joins us now. Nancy, good morning. So we hear a lot about Russian cyber attacks. What's going on here? Well, cyber officials here in the U.S. now say that these Chinese efforts, in a way, are actually more concerning, Vlad, because these hackers are actually on the Chinese government's payroll. A senior administration official told reporters that China's Ministry of State Security, quote, uses criminal contract hackers to conduct unsanctioned cyber operations globally, including for their own personal profit. This official revealed that such hackers were responsible for a ransomware attack recently on an unnamed American company, holding their network hostage in an attempt to extort millions of dollars. And the victims of these intrusions aren't all big companies. They are schools, cities, hospitals, pharmacies all over the world, which is why today you're going to see this unprecedented move. Statements coming out from the U.S. and a host of global allies, Australia, Canada, Japan, the U.K., the EU, NATO, all condemning China for these, quote, malicious cyber activities. And we are just learning this morning that four Chinese nationals have actually been indicted by a grand jury in California for allegedly hacking into dozens of companies and government entities. We have reached out to the Chinese embassy for comment, but we have not heard back yet. Anthony. Nancy Cordes at the White House this morning. Thank you, Nancy. Police in Washington, D.C. are searching for suspects after a shooting Saturday night outside Nationals Park. Gunshots heard in the stands sent terrified baseball fans scrambling for cover. No one inside the park was hurt, but three people outside were wounded. Chris Van Cleve was at the game Saturday night and joins us from Nationals Park. Chris, good morning. A scary night at the ballpark. 
Good morning, Anthony. It definitely was. Let me set the scene for you. On Saturday night, about 33,000 fans were inside Nationals Park. There was supposed to be a big fireworks display after the game against the Padres. Going into the bottom of the sixth inning, that's when we heard the gunshots. There was a period of confusion and then panic as players and fans ran for their lives. Your attention, please. We ask that you remain inside the stadium at this time. The sound of gunfire sent fans racing to escape Washington, D.C.'s baseball stadium Saturday. This was the view from my seat as the crowd ducked for cover, fearing an active shooter was inside the ballpark. It was a scary situation because at first we didn't know if there was somebody in the stadium or if there was somebody if it was outside of the stadium. The shots loud enough to be heard on the game's broadcast. All Saints. The shooting actually happened on the street just outside the stadium. Three people were wounded, including a woman who had just left the game. Police are now looking for this Toyota Corolla. So one vehicle pulls up, another vehicle pulls up next to it, engages that first vehicle uh, in gunfire. Less than 24 hours earlier, the nation's capital was rocked by another drive-by shooting that killed six-year-old Nia Courtney and wounded five adults. I don't even know what the conflict was. None of us do. Doesn't matter. This is a six-year-old who is now dead, not coming back. The moment those shots were fired, seen in this video released by police. Violence has been on the rise in Washington during the pandemic. Earlier this month, D.C. passed 100 homicides for the year, the fastest it's reached that grim milestone since 2003. Courtney's death drew frustration from D.C.'s police chief. I need tips. I need you to say, this is where that car is, chief. This is what the beef is about, chief. This is who did it, chief. Send me a smoke signal. There is now a $60,000 reward for information in that case. As for the Nats and Padres, they finished Saturday's game yesterday with the Nats thanking the tens of thousands of fans who came out to the ballpark. Gail. Boy, Chris, this is a world we live in. I hope somebody takes the chief up on his offer and gives him the information. Really glad that you're okay. It sounds terrifying. Blue Origin says all systems are go to make history tomorrow in West Texas. Company founder Jeff Bezos will blast himself off to the edge of space in his new autonomous rocket. He's bringing along some friends, his brother Mark, 82-year-old Wally Funk, She's one of the first women, women rather, to train for spaceflight. That was back in the 60s. An 18-year-old Oliver Damon, a Dutch student whose dad bid for his spot at the auction. Mark Strassman joins us now. He's near the launch site in Van Horn, Texas. Mark, we saw another billionaire, that's Richard Branson, go to space last week. But this one is a little different. How so? Hey, Gail, good morning. Completely a different approach. Bezos is going to fly in a rocket, not inside a space plane like Richard Branson did. Bezos will also fly about 10 miles higher than Branson did, but his trip is going to be much shorter, only about 10 minutes. And this is also the first time that Blue Origin has ever tried to launch people. Come on into the capsule. This capsule simulator is the same one tomorrow's Blue Origin crew has trained in. Ariane Cornell directs sales here for wannabe astronauts. These are the largest windows that have ever flown in space. In the emerging space tourism market, Blue Origin's new Shepard rocket launches vertically. Its engine generates 110,000 pounds of thrust. Passengers inside experience three Gs of force. Almost three minutes into flight, the capsule separates and hurdles toward the heavens at three times the speed of sound. 
the reusable rocket booster returns to a landing pad. More than 60 miles above the planet, the passengers experience several minutes of weightlessness, microgravity, before returning to Earth. The fully automated capsule deploys braking parachutes. Small thrusters fire to slow its descent an instant before it touches down in the Texas desert. This is a space joyride, but that's not priority one. New Shepard will not launch until I'm satisfied that it is safe to do so, and I give my go for launch. In a 2019 interview with Nora O'Donnell, Bezos talked about the risk. It can never be risk-free. The only thing that's really risk-free is like staying in your bedroom. So the question is, is that experience worth it to you? And for me, it certainly is. And to other thrill seekers, Blue Origin's next two flights are filling up, but the company won't say what it costs. In fact, the company is endlessly cagey about what it costs, although we do know this much. The winner of a recent auction paid $28 million. He's not flying this time, but he will fly on a future flight. Gail, I guess we'll see you this afternoon. <laughs> yes, I'm getting on a plane coming there. I'm excited to see. I'll stay on the ground. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for listening to the CBS This Morning podcast. Be sure to subscribe to get daily podcast originals. You can watch the CBS This Morning broadcast Monday through Saturday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. on your local CBS station or live on the CBS All Access app. I'm Mo Rocca, and I'm excited to announce season four of my podcast, Mobituaries. I've got a whole new bunch of stories to share with you about the most fascinating people and things who are no longer with us. From famous figures who died on the very same day to the things I wish would die, like buffets. Listen to Mobituaries with Mo Rocca on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.